0: Great to see you all this morning. Um, As you see up there, I'm going to talk about the first epistle of John this morning. It's it's an awesome letter, and I think John wanted us to, to know what it says because it has a great inspirational message for the church. Have you ever heard of Gnosticism? Gnosticism was a spiritual teaching that Became popular uh, during the, the first century church. Um, it came out of Asia, and it was this spiritualism, and it really threatened this false teaching. Really threatened the church early on. And what what they believed was that um, that all things that are that are spiritual are totally and completely good, and all things that are physical matter is totally and completely evil. And because this this started to become popular, people started saying, well, Jesus could not have been God because flesh is evil. He was born evil, and that could not be. That could not be God. And they reason that perhaps what the apostles saw and the people saw was a ghost, maybe, or a spirit, if he was good, And John writes this epistle saying, no, that's a lie. Don't believe him. He said, we saw him. We handled him. We talked to him. And he is very real. John calls these people antichrists who deny that Jesus is the Christ. And he says they've neither seen him nor known him. But we have seen Him and known Him. John was in a boat fishing when Jesus called him out and changed his life forever. John would see Jesus heal the blind and raise the dead to live again. He saw Him feed multitudes of people with a couple fish. And he saw Him With a word, silence the sea and the wind. John says here in 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 the first epistle that the church needs to not believe these people, to believe but rather believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. The truth. The truth, John says, has been with us since the beginning. In his gospel, he says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, but the darkness didn't comprehend it. The Word and the light was in the beginning, but people didn't understand it. So Jesus came to show us the light and the Word. The Word was made flesh, and the true light entered this dark world. In the beginning of 1 John, John says that he witnessed this in the flesh, And he's telling us so that we will have fellowship with him and with the Son and the Father. John says that the message that he received from God is this. That God, in God, is no darkness at all. That God is light. And we can't have fellowship with God and walk in darkness. He said in verse 8, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. All unrighteousness is sin and we know that in the flesh we sin, don't we? We break God's law. So how, how can we have fellowship with God if we sin? We know through the blood of Jesus Christ That awesome gift.
1: If we walk in the light
0: as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. What an awesome gift God has given us. John heard this from Jesus Himself, who said, When we love darkness rather than light, God still loved us. He says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, for that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. This is what John teaches this epistle and what he wants us to know. That if you walk in the light, as he is in the light, even though you sin, you will not be condemned. So some say, well, if that's the truth, then it doesn't really matter if we sin or not. If we're saved regardless of whether we sin or don't sin, then it doesn't matter. Is that true? Well, the Apostle Paul had the same worry when he wrote the book of Romans. He thought, well, people were going to believe this. Then it doesn't matter. And John did as well. So, in the next in the next chapter, chapter 2, he writes this, My little children, these things I write to, do to you so that you may not sin. If anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. So if we walk in the light where Jesus is, and we sin, then the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. But John says he's telling this to us not so that we will sin, but so we won't sin. The key, I believe, is walking in the light. And I'm going to talk about that this morning and what that means because he uses this phrase over and over again. Jesus used the word light many times in his teaching. And so did the other writers of the New Testament. What they said about it time and again was that the light reveals the truth from darkness. If you hear a loud sound in the dark when you're sleeping, well, you're going to get up and turn on the light to see what it is a big crash or something, what what caused that sound. That's the whole purpose of having light in your house is so that you can see in the darkness. And spiritual light is the same way. That's why the reason he used the word light. If you're walking in darkness spiritually, then this spiritual light will show you the truth. It will reveal spiritual things. The light will reveal sin in your life and how to overcome it. Just like changing a light bulb will reveal cobwebs that you didn't know was there. The light will show you the truth about sin, how ugly it is, so you can get rid of it, repent of it, and turn away from it. John writes that if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The light will show us Jesus as a pattern so we can follow Him. Jesus, the Word that was made to light, the Word that came into this world, He he gave us the light, hoping that we would walk in the light and abide in Him. So exactly how do you do it? How do you walk in the light? How do you know that you are walking in the light? John says in verse 3, Now by this we know that we know Him, if we keep His commandments. By this we know that we are in Him. He who says He abides in Him ought not himself also to walk as he walked. Jesus is in the light. So follow him. Walk like he did. Do the things that he said to do. That's how you walk in the light. Follow him. You don't just lie down in the light. It's something you do. You follow him. You do what he said to do. John says you can't know Jesus unless you do what he says so what did Jesus say to do? well Jesus said many things but beginning in verse 7 John focuses in on one thing that Jesus said and he continues with this through the rest of the book he says it's an old commandment that we've had since the beginning. But he calls it a new commandment because that's what Jesus called it. It was their last supper together. And the apostles were with Jesus one last time for supper. And they were all gathered together and John was leaning on Jesus' breast as he... Who was going to betray him. And then, suddenly, to everyone's surprise, Jesus gets up and puts on the garment of a servant and begins to wash their feet. And when he washed all of them, he said, As I have done to you, you also do to one another. The creator of the universe, our God, our master and teacher became a servant for us. Teach us about love. Show us love. And then he said, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another. As I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. John says in verse 9, if you hate your brother, you're you're walking in darkness and not the light. But if you love your brother, then you're walking in the light. And you won't stumble over sin. You can't love your brother and lust after his possessions. You can't love your sister and think you're better than she is with foolish pride. Sin cannot exist in the light, just like darkness cannot exist in the light. But if you walk in darkness without the light, then you'll be blind and you won't see these things. He says not to love the world and the things in it because they're all passing away. They're temporary. Instead, love God and love one another because this is eternal. It lasts forever. The last half of the second chapter of John, he warns us not to be deceived by the foolishness of this world and all the promises the world makes us. Verse twenty-five, he says, "And this is the promise. This is the promise that he has, that God, he has promised us eternal life. What has the world ever promised you? A moment of pleasure? Maybe an hour or two, a good time? Maybe some pride to boost your ego, make you feel better?" and other people, then it's gone. In a blink of an eye, it's gone. It doesn't last. God has promised us eternal life. This is who you want to follow. This is who you want to listen to. Abide in Him. Walk in the light with Him. Do you want to have confidence? Do you want to have confidence in your salvation? John says, And now, little children, abide in Him, that when He appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before Him as is coming. If you abide in Him in this life, you'll abide in Him forever. If you follow Him in this life, you'll follow Him forever. You won't be ashamed when He comes again because of the relationship you have with Him. You will know His love for you. The world doesn't know Him, but you know Him and have loved Him and know that He loves you. This is what he's saying. Then in chapter 3, he says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. John seemed to be blown away by the idea that God loved him. In the Gospel of John, he only referred to himself as the one that Jesus loved. Remember that Jesus loves you. Remember it often. And he says it wasn't revealed to them what we would be in heaven. Only that we would be like Jesus. And he says if you hold on to this hope, it will purify your heart and your thoughts, instead of lusting after the world and all of its garbage. Think about heavenly things. Earnestly desire the things of Christ. In this epistle, the first epistle of John, he keeps coming back again and again to wanting you to know that you are saved. In 1 John, verse 3, he says, Whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness. And sin is lawlessness. And you know that He was manifested to take away our sins. And in Him there is no sin. Whoever abides in Him does not sin. Whoever sins has neither seen Him nor known Him. Breaking God's law is sin. And Jesus was sent to take away our sins. And in him, there is no sin, John says. Whoever knows Jesus abides in him. And does not sin. This is not of our works. This is the power of God. This is why Jesus came, John writes, to destroy the works of the devil. In verse 9, he says, Whoever has been born of God does not sin, for his seed remains in him and he cannot sin, because he has been born of God. But why didn't John say that whoever says he does not sin is a liar, and the truth is not in him? How then does he say, that anyone born of God does not sin and cannot sin. We all know that in the flesh we sin. We all know that. Jesus told Nicodemus, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the Spirit is Spirit. And Peter preached this as well, saying, Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit and sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the Word of God, which lives and abides forever." We're born again through obeying the death and resurrection and burial of Jesus Christ. We are born a new creature and without sin in the eyes of God. We're born again not of blood, nor of the will of man, nor of the will of the flesh, but of God is a work of God. And we're born a new creature. And the seed that Christ plants in us is spirit and incorruptible, Peter says. We can't keep sinning and living a life of sin, living for the flesh and not the spirit, unless we smother the seed. By walking in darkness. We have to continue to walk in the light. And God's seed remains alive and gives us life, eternal life. And John says, if we do this, the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. For in the next verse, verse 10, John says... If you are a child of God, you will practice righteousness and love your brother. He says, if we love Jesus, we should love like Jesus, who laid down his life for us. But he says, whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in needs and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? My little children... Let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Do you want to have confidence in this life and in the age to come? Then do what Jesus commanded Give like he gave of yourself. Use the light to see those around you in need. And love them like he did do good and practice the act of love like He did. This will assure your heart. It will assure your heart, John says. And you'll have confidence toward God.
1: If you're following Jesus, walking in the light, you'll
0: see the needs of others. If you love God, Who you can't even see. You will love. Those who you can see. Walk in this light. In chapter 4. After again warning the church. About people who were trying to deceive them.
1: John returns
0: to telling us. About the great love they saw in Christ. He said love. John would remember how Jesus took them up on a high mountain. And when they got there, the appearance of Jesus changed. And this cloud came, this bright, bright cloud. And Jesus became as bright as the sun. And his clothes became whiter than snow. And as they watched, Moses and Elijah appeared. And Peter foolishly said, Do you want us to make three tabernacles? One for each of you? And while he still spoke, the voice of God boomed out of that cloud. God would not keep silent. And God said, This is my beloved Son. Hear him. And as they heard that shaking voice, the apostles hit the ground. They threw their face at the ground in fear. And as they trembled, wondering if they were going to be destroyed, John felt the gentle hand of Jesus touch his shoulder and heard his loving words say, Arise, and do not be afraid. Should you fear God? Oh, yes. Jesus said, Fear Him. But more than that, Jesus wanted us to love God and to know God's love for us so that we won't be afraid of torment from God because of that relationship. See? That's what perfect love does it casts out the fear of being hurt. Jesus prayed. That we would have this love for Him. For the Father. So that our joy may be full. In the last chapter, John says we must believe in the testimony of God. That He gave His Son. Otherwise, we're calling God a liar. And you don't want to do that. He says... And this is the testimony that God has given us. Eternal life. And this life is in His Son. He who hates the Son, he who has the Son, has life. He who does not have the Son, God, does not have life. Now, I don't know how God is going to judge the world. That's up to God. I don't know if you can say it any more plain than this. In Jesus alone, there is life. And then finally, John says why he wrote this apostle, this epistle, this letter to the churches. He says the reason he wrote it. He says, these things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God. That you may know that you have eternal life. And that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. You see, John understood the love of God. He was blown away by it, but he knew knew it was there. He knew we had it. And because of this, you see, He wanted us to know how much He loved us. And He wanted us to know that He doesn't want us to be afraid. He doesn't want us to doubt and to worry about the future, what's coming. He wanted us to know because He loved us. So we wrote this epistle. And he wanted it to be read and understood by the churches. I hope as you continue to read this epistle, you'll be comforted by it and have peace. You know, shortly after writing this, the government of Rome began persecuting the church hard. And they exiled John to the Isle of Patmos. And on this island, he he received a book of revelation from Jesus through the hand of an angel. The angel told him everything to write down in this book. And he told him things that would shortly come to pass and did come to pass. And at the end of Revelation... In the last chapter, this is what John wrote. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the middle of its street, and on either side of the river, was the tree of life, which bore twelve fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and His servants shall serve Him. They shall see His face, and His name shall be on their foreheads. There shall be no night there. They need no lamp nor light of the sun. for The Lord God gives them light and shall reign forever and ever. If you've been walking in darkness, if you haven't obeyed the gospel, you haven't been born again, or if you've turned away from the light toward the darkness, then the Spirit and the bride Say, Come. And let him who hears say, Come. Let him who thirsts come. Whoever desires, let him take of the water of life.